Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Well, well, well. Guess who had a good week this week? I mean, my week was fine, but the ladies of Teen Mom 2 actually had an entertaining episode. Can you believe it, girls? I can't believe it, truly. I was watching, like, riveted, and then it the fucking screen came up that it was the episode was over, and I went, oh my god, I have not felt that way <laughs> while watching Teen Mom in so fucking long, so long. By the way, everybody who listened to the I'm Not a Monster podcast and came back with your thoughts, thank you. I love talking about this crazy-ass podcast Still recommend it. If you haven't listened yet, you should listen. Okay, where are we? Oh, there was also drama this week. I mean, like, the girl, the girls heard me. Here's the thing. You guys know that everybody on the cast listens to this show. <laughs> That's truly my worst nightmare. I never want a person to hear me talking shit about them, which is probably not great considering the amount of shit that I talk. You know, I talk a lot of shit, but I still don't want them to hear it. Anyway, they decided to really kick some shit up this week. So let me set the stage. If you didn't notice, um, Kale was not in this week's episode. All of a sudden, like, they... uh, Not all of a sudden, but they did not feature her, according to Kale, because she wanted to only film organic, real storylines, which is about her businesses and building her home and mothering her children. She didn't want to film stories that she felt were fake about Chris Javier Joe. No. To that I say, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) First of all, nobody cares about your businesses uh, or building your home. I do not care to see your podcast being recorded. I do not care. And I guess Kale just started to refuse to film. And I think there are only going to be 12 episodes this season. I don't know how many there normally are. But Kale said that originally they told her, um, you know, that we will, that you'll be on all 12 episodes. It's fine that you didn't film for a while. And then I guess they decided that they just did not have enough material. So they didn't include her in this week's episode, which honestly was fine. Like, I did not miss her for one second. Um... I was, it was totally fine for me, for her to be gone, especially because they had Brie and Jade together this week. So it felt really cohesive, the episode. Like when we were with Brie and Jade, I felt very in the episode. And then when we were with um, Ashley or Leah, I was like, can we get back to like the actual interesting things that's going on? So I'm actually quite glad that we weren't also having to watch Kale segments. They made the right call, in my opinion. So where does the drama come in? Okay. So, somebody commented on Bree's Instagram (laughs) something like, it's so stupid. It's truly so stupid. Somebody commented something like, um, did, did you get Bree cut from tonight's episode? Like, so obviously a joke, right? Bree comments back, yeah, I did. So fucking obviously a joke. Like, (laughs) so, so, so obviously a joke. Could not be any more obvious that it's a joke. Obviously, Brianna does not have the power to get Kale cut from the show. And obviously, she doesn't think she has the power to get Kale cut from the show. Like, of course, she didn't get Kale cut from the show. So silly. 
But Kale, okay, so Kale was in California for her podcast and she was recording with Ashley. And they saw this comment and flipped out. I like it's so stupid. It's so stupid. They well, first of all, Kale got on her Insta stories and was like, I was not going to address this, but because certain people feel like they can comment on it, I have to come and set the record straight. And it's like, okay, first of all, like, you are going to address it. You mean to tell me that you just, like, weren't going to be on this week's episode and you were never going to say boo about it? Like, get the fuck out of here, you little liar. Like, come on, Kale, we know better. Kale swears she was not going to address it, but of course she did. She said that whole thing. She also said something like, because I make more money off of an episode of my podcast, or she says, I think she said off of my podcast. I don't think she said off of an episode, but she said something like, I make more money off of my podcast than an episode of Teen Mom. To that I say, I highly doubt that. I mean, a year? Sure, because I'm pretty sure they're getting twenty-five dollars to $30,000 an episode on Teen Mom. So does she make more than that on her podcast a year? Probably. I think her podcasts do pretty well. They're always in the top of the charts. They have a bunch of ad reads in them. Um, She sells merch. She doesn't have a Patreon, which you would think maybe she does, but actually that probably means that she's doing very, very well on her main podcast if she doesn't have to have a Patreon, right? Like that's how her podcast is funded by the ads. I genuinely have no idea how much she would make off of that. My ad sales are not that expensive. They're really nothing. They are like truly just little pocket cash. Like you don't make that much on my level of podcast off of an ad. But like on her level of podcasting, she probably makes like a decent amount of money off an ad. By the way, the Call Her Daddy podcast just sold for, or it's going to sell for $20 million to Spotify. Kale's podcast is not nearly as popular as Call Her Daddy. By the way, I do not listen to Call Her Daddy. I've never listened to Call Her Daddy. I will never listen to an episode of that fucking show or Sophia with an F, but I'm like obsessed with their subreddit drama. Like since they had their little breakup a year ago, I've been like so in on their fandom drama and they all, now the fandom, at least on Reddit, like all hates Alex, the one that stayed on Call Her Daddy. And every day they post about how much Alex sucks, how the podcast has declined, how nobody listens anymore, it's not relevant anymore, and they are not pleased about this $20 million deal. Also, that Sophia girl fumbled her her bag in a way that is unimaginable to me. Fumbled her fucking bag. What an idiot. She... To walk away from that IP was so stupid. And, like, the girls on the subreddit will be like, well, actually, Sophia's a business owner now. She owns her whole podcast. And Alex only owns 50% and Barstool owns the other 50%. So, like, actually, Sophia's the better businesswoman. And it's like, yeah, she owns 100% of nothing. (laughs) I'm sure her pod is doing fine, like, she has a lot of followers on Instagram and a lot of people that used to listen to her on Call Her Daddy, so I'm sure her podcast does good enough. She is probably making a decent living on it, but anywhere close to $20 million? I don't think so. I, I do not believe that to be true. And also, like, people are like, well, we'll see in the long run. And it's like, no, we won't. This is the long run. <laughs> like, 
this is it. Like, this is such lightning in a bottle thing to have a podcast that gets that big, especially not done by a celebrity. So, like, there's no future to see. Like, these are the results. Like, call her daddy, the pod one. Anyway, this is so irrelevant, but, like, I find this stuff to be super interesting. Like, the behind the scenes shit on podcasts because I have podcasts, but I don't. The money that's to be made off of these big time podcasters is unimaginable to me. So I'm sure Kale, I would bet Kale could make, I actually genuinely have no idea. She could be making $75,000 a year off that podcast. She could be making into the hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I mean, if you have a good Patreon, you can make a lot of fucking money on Patreon. For example, did I talk about this on, I recently talked about this on a podcast. I don't know if it was my Patreon, which, by the way, I forgot to plug at the beginning. So go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. I posted two episodes last week, which was one on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and another one on the Trisha Paytas frenemies drama that if you are like, why has Trisha Paytas and this podcast frenemies been trending all fucking week on Twitter? And then you like tried to look into it, but it was too overwhelming. So you couldn't sign up for my Patreon. Go back, listen to all of my Trisha Paytas episodes. I think I've done like four at this point. And then listen to the explainer of what blew up this week. I put out like an hour long episode just kind of explaining what happened this week. So you don't have to watch hours and hours and hours and hours of YouTube videos. There's probably to like fully watch everything that happened this week in front of me is you're looking at 10 plus hours of content. Like, So just Go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains and listen to my one episode that will explain it all. The episode episode is called Trisha Paytas is anti-Semitic because she is. They are. Sorry. Trisha is using she, them pronouns and I'm trying to use the they, them pronouns for them. Okay. Anyway, I like, I'm sure Kale's doing well in this podcast, but she's not doing better than teen mom money. I, I would be shocked. I would be really shocked. Oh, I was saying like, Some of these podcasts with big Patreons, like I know, for example, a podcast I really like is called Blank Check. Their Patreon's making like $45,000 a month. I mean, the Red Scare podcast, which like, please don't get me started on that bullshit, is I think making in like even more than that. I know that Chapo Trap House was the first one to hit $100,000 a month on their Patreon. Like, you can make a lot of money on there, but I don't really know how much you make, like, I don't know how much you can make on ads. I mean, I know you can make a lot, but I don't know how much, like, a podcast of Kale's side makes on ads. Okay. So, Kale is like, I chose to do my podcast instead of filming. And I'm like, I, what? (laughs) They're not, it's not one or the other, but okay. So, Kale's in California. Her and Ashley see this comment of Bree's somehow. I mean, Bree has both of them blocked, apparently. So, I don't know how they saw this. I guess they were on Kale's Coffee Combo podcast podcast app or podcast account, which, by the way, has, like, liked Bree's post by accident before. <laughs> and they start to flip out. They get on Insta stories, and Kale is like, so somebody wants to talk about me? And then you hear Ashley in the background screaming, like, then unblock me so we can fucking fight, you fucking bitch. Like, losing their fucking minds over truly nothing. It is the stupidest fucking comment. It's so stupid. It, it it was so clearly a joke. It was so clearly not worth 
fighting over, right? Like, it was not, like, I just don't understand why they escalated this. And now we know that Brie can never stop herself from an online fight because Brie's real quiet in person but loves a fight on the internet. Loves a fight on the internet. And she gets on her, like, stories, which, by the way, somebody sent her... (laughs) Uh, the Feathers Pod Instagram account when I posted Kale's arraignment information. Somebody sent that to her and she posted it on her story. And I like randomly got a bunch of new followers and I was like, oh my God, I don't want this. This is not something that I want. <laughs> but Ashley, or excuse me, Brie posts this after Ashley and Kale are like screaming on their Insta stories. She says, like the other women on the show, I had absolutely no idea that someone was going to be cut from the show tonight. However, as a cast member that takes pride in my authentic self and telling my full true story, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between, I would be remiss to not address the situation. That's, (laughs) that does not sound like Brie. Since joining Team Mom 2, which as we all know is something someone wasn't exactly thrilled with from the beginning. Is she trying to say she wasn't thrilled from the beginning? I, I don't know. I have worked hard to show my true authentic self while filming. Personally, I feel like if you're too good to film your real life, then why would you be on a show that is supposed to be about your real life? Like, someone is sitting on the show legitimately filming about a wallpaper color choice when she could be filming about a domestic abuse situation with her baby daddy. And I was told that she was trying to hide that. This was back when a child's hair was cut and she was allegedly arrested after allegedly getting into a physical altercation with her baby daddy. Why I understand that all of us want to be shown overcoming our struggles and that we all take pride in our names and someone takes pride in her brand and her podcasts. <laughs> At the end of the day, she shouldn't try and cover up her real, cover up her real or th- real life, I guess that's supposed to say, or things that are going on in her life. It comes off as exceptionally inauthentic and an insult to the other cast members. Think about it. If I'm being upfront about something as personal and humiliating as an STD from an ex, why should she get away with just talking about buying a dream home and letting her son design a bathroom when real life problems are actually occurring in her home? It just doesn't make any sense. Um, sorry, I like flipped to the next one, but I don't know where this starts off. It just doesn't make any sense. And I really would like to see her showing her full, true, authentic life as I am sure the viewers would. I'm sure the ratings would reflect it. Regardless, she's made the choice to show what she's shown, but I wanted to speak up to make my point known. Whether she likes it or not, we are cast members at the end of the day, and this is how I truly felt. Make sure y'all tune in tonight and still, and see, and yes, Stella's face is my actually mood right now. Okay, so then um, she posts a picture of Ashley apologizing to her over DM, but I can't really tell when that was from... She also posts, Ashley's house really ain't her house. MTV films at a rental. Kale doesn't want to film about breaking and entering into Chris's mama's house and beating him for cutting his child's hair. Bye, y'all. Be real, authentic for once. So who's really fake? I film it all and I will continue. Leave the franchise if you don't want to show your life. I, and oh, and Ashley like came at her and was like, you all live in a fucking condo together, you pieces of shit. Stuff like that. Also, Roxanne and Pastor T got into it. Over DMs. And Pazard, he was like, get a husband and then come back to me. It's like, okay. Okay, lady. 
Bree says, I take pride in the townhome I bought with the money I earned while filming my true story. My name and brand isn't fake. Let's all get a grip. I don't fake scenes. I don't ask MTV to use a different house to film in, and I don't hide anything. And I'm always honest. I don't hide, I don't hide from the crew when it's time to film a true story. So, I agree and I disagree with Bree. One, I don't think Bree fully films her whole life. She was dating that guy that she totally caught off camera. By the way, apparently she hasn't post. She, like, deleted all that stuff with her apparent fiancé from her Instagram. So who even knows that they're still together? I really don't think Brie shows everything, but she does show a lot. Um, I also don't really understand, like, insulting Ashley for filming at a rental from MTV. Like, I don't care about that. Like, okay. That's not something that I think is, like, worth commenting on but I do agree with her that what the fuck are we doing here for not showing Kale got arrested for abusing the father of her child for attacking him and it's not going to be on this show like that's fucking ridiculous it's ridiculous I'm sorry like what are we doing here if we're not showing full on arrest or at least like if Kale won't film about it they should have pulled what they do like with some of the other shit and had Brie talk about it by reading a tabloid about it. Like, get it on the show. It's fucking ridiculous that they're not even mentioning that it happened. It's so stupid. Brie is totally right when it comes to that, that it's bullshit that she films herself, like, getting a positive SCD test and Kale doesn't have to film herself doing anything. I totally agree with that. I would feel the exact same way. So, um, Kale's response is... Kale thinks she's real clever, real clever. She goes, she was doing a Q&A and she's like, can you respond to what Brianna is saying? Totally understand if you don't want to. And she, Kale says, I have never in my entire life broken and entered into anyone's home, nor have I ever been charged with breaking and entering ever. Okay, but like you did get charged with beating Chris up. <laughs> you did get charged with physically attacking Chris. <laughs> It's just so stupid, this whole fight. Like, Brie shouldn't have kept it going with, like, the social media posts. Of course, that's what Brie does. We know that. But the idea that, like, that somehow she started a fight because she said, yes, I got Kale cut from tonight's episode is just so stupid. All right, let's take a quick break and then we will get into this week's show. Okay, let's knock out Ashley and Leah first, who had two uh, pretty dull segments. Because, you know, not everything can be a winner, right? Like, not everything can be entertaining. Okay. So, Ashley, um, <laughs> like, the storyline is just a little silly. This idea that she's, like, so stressed planning for their engagement party and their wedding. Like, I'm not saying it's not stressful, but, like, I also don't care that much. Like, <laughs> you two shouldn't be getting married straight up. So, <laughs> listening to two people who should not be getting married stress about their engagement party and their wedding. I'm like, first of all, you're not having a wedding. That wedding's never going to happen, right? Like... <laughs> We all know that. Like, they're not actually getting married. The engagement party, sure, that will happen. But, like, they're not getting married. So, hopefully, like, we don't have to sit on that for so long. I imagine they'll have an engagement party that's on the show. But 
essentially this episode is they find out that their landlord needs them out. Um, so they have to get a new place to live. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> they find a new house, like a brand new house. And Ashley says, you know, the landlord's really nice, but like usually you don't rent new houses to people. And I'm like, I get, like, yeah, you sell it, but like, I, I don't, I feel, <laughs> I feel like if it was, if that person wanted to sell the house, not rent it out, they would just sell it. Like, we're in a seller's market. We've been in a seller's market for a year. I highly doubt that guy couldn't sell that house. This is probably all being filmed in what? February, March. When did Jade get her surgery? I think in the winter, but like not that long ago. Definitely, we're definitely in 2021, but the market's been hot since like June 2020. So hearing her be like, I mean, I can't believe he would run it out. I'm like, well, I think he probably just wanted to run it out, <laughs> would be my guess. But she says that he was really skeptical. So they had to pay a year's worth of rent up front, <laughs> which is wild. I mean, I guess good for Ashley for having that. I would imagine the rent on that house. It looked, It's a biggish house. I mean, if, if that's really her house. <laughs> According to Bree, it's not really her house. I'm assuming it's really her house. I would guess it's probably what... I mean, I have no idea what rent goes wherever they're living. But my guess would be like $2,500 to $3,000. So having that cash, like, good for you, Ashley. But I'm assuming they had to do that because they have, like, such weird forms of income, right? Like, they're on a TV show, but they're contractors on a TV show. And they haven't been on Teen Mom 2 for any amount of time at this point and they didn't really make a lot on Young and Pregnant. I would imagine the large bulk of Ashley's money comes from Instagram and influencing. I think she does YouTube too. I don't know if she's like really making money on YouTube but she's definitely making money with like Instagram ads. So I would imagine that's like where the bulk of her money comes from and a landlord is probably not, you know, as Brie would say, remiss to. <laughs> Like, I cannot imagine her saying that word. It just does not sound like her. But we all know that Bree's very different online than she is in person. Um, but I think that, like, a landlord would probably be uh, quite nervous to rent to them because I would guess that their income is very unstable. I bet Ashley has months where she's making, like, a huge amount of money, uh, especially if they're filming. I have no idea. <sighs> I wonder if they brought her in at fourth year salary they've done three seasons of young and pregnant yeah two seasons two three I think three seasons of young and pregnant like I think the upcoming one would be the fourth but I honestly don't really remember I don't know they've done two or three seasons when they brought Brie into Teen Mom 2 they paid her as a second year person because she had done one year of Teen Mom 3. Teen Mom 2 has what they call a favored nations clause. So everybody has to get the paid, like everybody has to get paid the same amount of money. I do not believe Teen Mom OG has one. So they had to pay Brie at like the three year or the two year um, rate, which is why she was not making a lot of money on Teen Mom 2 for a while. So maybe Ashley's on like the year three or four pay scale, which year four is like when they really started making money. So I bet she's doing okay on Team Mom too. But I would imagine in the past, like the months where she was filming Young and Pregnant, she made like some okay money. And then some Instagram months are probably 
great. Some Instagram months probably aren't great. You don't always get paid out on time, like all of that type of shit. So, it, and I mean, also bar. I would imagine bar's not on the lease, actually. I, I'd be kind of surprised if bar was on the lease just because um, I don't think he's a felony, but... You know, he has an active case against him. It's really hard for people with criminal records to get housing, which is really fucked up. But I can't imagine that Barr has good credit either. I mean, has Barr ever had a job? Barr probably doesn't have any credit. Um, So I would bet that Ashley's probably alone on the lease and her income is so unstable. Like, she doesn't have a job. You know what I mean? Like, she does. She makes money. She has a career, I guess, but she doesn't have like a W-2 job, which can be hard for landlords to rent to because it's a pretty unreliable income. So she paid rent for a year up front, which like, like I said, good for her. I mean, it's a shit ton of money to pay at once. I mean, it's like a down payment on a house, right? Like when I heard that, I I mean, they live in California, so that's not true. I was going to say, because if I had to pay $24,000 in cash. If I had 20, so let's say I rented somewhere for like $2,000, which is, I think like where I am, like a two bedroom place, like a two or three bedroom place, like a place their size is probably 2000 to $2,500. So let's just call it even at 2000 rent. If I had $24,000 up front, I would just go buy a house. I mean, I don't know if I should get a loan, but like if you have that lump sum that you're going to put towards your living, it would probably make more sense to just buy. But Ashley lives in California and I can get a place here for, you know, a townhouse and maybe not the nicest area or condo and like the not the nicest area by me for 250000 Like that would be easily a, a 20% down payment for me for $25,000. Um if I wanted to live in, like, my most desirable area, probably not. But, yeah, that's a lot of money to pay at once. But she's right. They don't then they don't have to pay rent for a year, which is always good. I don't know. Ashley is not that entertaining unless she's, like, actively fighting with Barr. Or Barr's, like, fighting with his family. Like, the day-to-day of Ashley and Barr, I'm not really interested in. <laughs> I don't really care to watch them move. Although I did laugh. She, uh, she said T was coming to help them. And she goes, you, she's talking to T on the phone. And she goes, you're coming to help, right? Not to supervise. That made me laugh. <laughs> like, I like Ashley. She's fine. I just, one, I question her because of, like, all the shit she does online just is very different from the Ashley that we see on the show. And two, I just don't think she's, like, that interesting when it comes to her day to day. Um, So... Holly has a cute moment of saying the house is beautiful. And that's kind of it. That's it. They get a new place. Um, It kind of makes sense to me that that had to be their whole segment this week. I bet it did, like, throw a big wrench in their plans. And now she's like, I can't really film anything else. Like, this is the only thing I can concentrate on. Okay, then let's talk about Leah, who... We find out here that Allie got approved for a new wheelchair, which is great. She's had the other wheelchair since she was what, five or six? She's had that wheelchair for quite a while. Um, You know, she's 11 now, 11, 12. Are they 12? I think they're 11. She's 11 now. I think it makes total sense that she would need a different chair. The other chair that she's had is huge. If you guys don't remember, it has like the big back on it. It's hard to navigate for her. It's not just like a 
chair that she can kind of dart around in, which I would imagine is because she got it when she was quite little. And I think probably the smaller, like the younger you are, I would imagine like the bigger width wide chair that you need because you are by virtue of being a child, you're not as good at navigating things around. (laughs) So it'd make more sense that like, and I would bet a bigger chair is kind of just like easy to not necessarily get around in, but to move around in if you're in a place that's, you don't have to worry about space. So Allie's getting a new chair. They say it costs $80,000 without insurance, which is just, America's so fucked up. (laughs) So fucked up. $80,000. I mean, they did say it's like the Cadillac, the top of the line, but that is so much money. Corey, thankfully, my understanding is Corey has good insurance. I think Corey works for the county. I think he works for like the utility department or something like that. So thank God that they have good insurance because even being super rich, $80,000. I think Leah's home didn't even cost $80,000. Remember when she bought that house? I think that house might have been under $100,000. That's just wild. America's healthcare system is so fucked up. Now, I mean, I'm assuming that electric wheelchairs aren't just like free under universal health care, but we all know that the prices get so skyrocketed because of insurance. Oh, God, hearing that just, it was stunning. Um, but they're excited. We get some flashbacks of the old chair once again. I'm wondering why <laughs> neither Corey nor Leah have a wheelchair van or like a, a a truck that accommodates wheelchairs. We get flashbacks of Leah like struggling to put, oh, we got a flashback of her high as fuck, struggling to put that wheelchair in the back of her car. Both Corey and Leah seem to have ramps that they use to put it in the back, which like, okay. But like, did you know, Allie can't even get in and out of Corey's truck because his truck is so high up. He has to pick her up and put her in and out. I don't know if she can get in and out of Leah's car. I'm not sure. I can't. I think she can. I can't really remember watching her recently, Leah, like, picking up and putting Allie down to do this. But that's, I I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get, like, I feel like Corey and Leah make their lives harder by not accommodating Allie's disability, right? Like, to me, it seems like it would be easier to have a car in which a wheelchair can easily get in and out of your car, in which your child get in and out of your car without your assistance. I mean, Allie's 11 now. So to have to be picking her up and down, which is fine, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me if you could just have a car that was accessible to Allie. And this kind of just all goes back to it, right? Where like, I just don't feel like Corey or Leah make accessibility like a huge priority for them. By the way, I was thinking today, isn't it weird that, like, the twins have a whole life at Corey's that we, like, know nothing about? Because <laughs> we don't see Miranda or baby Remy. Like, they have a, a sister that's close in age to Addie, right? Like, I think she's only a couple years, maybe, like, two years younger than Addie. They have a whole life over there. And we just, like, don't see it at all. Oh, and also, did you hear them call, Allie called uh, Gracie Aaliyah? And I know Princess and I were, like, what is she? Is she going by Leah? Is she going by Grace? So uh, Leah had posted a TikTok recently. I think it was a TikTok, like an Instagram reel, where she was talking to Aaliyah. And Aaliyah said that she likes to be called Aaliyah because, this is crazy, 
because people come up to her, strangers come up to her and say, aren't you Gracie from Teen Mom? And she doesn't like to be Gracie from Teen Mom, so she wants to be Aaliyah. That's, you know, it was posted on Reddit and people are like, that's so horrifying. I can't believe strangers come up to them. And it's like, well, they're famous. I don't think we talk enough about the fact that these children are famous, right? I think that because they just like live mostly normal lives compared to like child actors, we don't think of them as famous, but like they are. Like if I saw one of those kids, any of the kids from this show, like I don't think I'd go up to them because that's fucking creepy to go up to children and I have boundaries, but like I would be like, oh shit, that's Gracie from Teen Mom. If I like happen to see Aaliyah out and about, I'm going to make, I'm going to try and call her Aaliyah because she wants to be called Aaliyah. It's hard to call her Aaliyah when her mom's name is Leah. <laughs> that's tough. Gracie, Gracie's just honestly easier to use because it doesn't sound exactly like her mom's name. But, you know, people are like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. And it's like, well, I can. They're on TV and they've been on TV since they were born. Like, of course people come up to her and say, are you Grace? Aren't you Gracie from Teen Mom? Aren't you Grace from Teen Mom? Makes total sense to me. Now, I'm not sure how changing, going by Aaliyah would change that necessarily, because I think, (laughs) I think then you just become Aaliyah from Teen Mom, but also she's 11, so I'm sure she doesn't have a full grasp on that yet. But Princess and I talked about this a little bit um, when we were talking about Isaac being on the phone and the internet access they have, like, these children are famous, which is why it worries me when Janelle lets Jace have totally unmonitored internet, which, by the way, David posted some picture of Rosie the dog, which, I don't know, is that really Rosie the dog? There's a big debate about the fact that that might not be the original Rosie the dog. I really don't know the answer to that, but... You know, he posted this picture of, what's her face? Ensley, like, hugging the dog. And he's like, if your dog can't be in your kid's face without biting it, then you should get a new one. And it's like, he's just such a troll. He's such a troll. I... It's so, it's like, I don't even want to, I was like, should I post this? And I was like, no, I don't want to give this attention. It's just gross. Like... Why should we reward this behavior of him, like, joking about killing a dog? The dog that he murdered. Is it appropriate to say murdered with dogs? I vaguely remember talking about this, like, when the Nuggets stuff happened. I feel like it's not appropriate because people get murdered. I'm not sure that animals get murdered. I would say just dogs get killed. Um, Murdered feels very human, right? But David's just, he's such a fucking creep. Um, Oh, so, like, kids like Jace or Isaac or Sophia. I mean, Sophia's a... Sophia, like, does cameos, which is so inappropriate. Like, you can pay money to have Sophia talk to you, I'm pretty sure. Which is genuinely upsetting for me. Like, really upsetting to me. Farrah was back in Dubai. Did we talk on this podcast about Farrah being involved in, um unfortunately a sexual assault I can't remember if I talked about that I think I probably did I haven't heard anything about that um basically like a politician a mayor of a California town if I haven't talked about this a mayor in a California town um was accused of sexually harassing or sexually assaulting like a gaggle of women 
I think it was like eight or nine, like a large amount. And Farrah came forward and said that she was assaulted by him in Palm Beach in the spring, which she was in Palm Beach in the spring. I remember her and Sophia being at Mar-a-Lago, which I guess this guy's probably a Republican. That's probably how she met him. I would guess at like Mar-a-Lago in those circles. Um, she supposedly is working with the Palm Beach police with this. And I don't think I've heard anything else about it. And that's kind of all there's to say about it's very sad it's especially like knowing Sophia was there on that trip with her it's upsetting um but the idea that like you can pay to have access to Sophia I feel like I should turn off this podcast put away this microphone and like take a depression nap when I think about that it just upsets me so much you know I've seen people be like well would she be better off living with Deborah or Michael and like to that I say yeah I think Sophia would be better off living with Deborah and Michael because even those they may be as nutty as Farah, right? Like, they may be as, as far as, like, abusive and shitty parent-wise. I think that they're probably all about on the same page. But at least if she lived with Deborah or Michael, she would have, like, a home that she lives in. She would go to school. She'd be able to have friends. The life that she, this, like, nomad life that she lives with Farah, I think they, like, share a one-bedroom or studio apartment in L.A. when they're there. But, you know, they're always traveling, for so or for Farrah to work like I, I feel like she would be a lot better off in a Michael or Deborah home I think poor Sophia I don't think any of those options are great but Sophia not being in school just fucking terrifies me because Sophie because school is a fucking social net um there are legitimate reasons to homeschool kids but in general like children going to school is a safety net for abused children because then you're interacting with adults and teachers who can notice behaviors. Now, of course, so many kids fall through the cracks. Stuff doesn't happen. But the idea that Sophia is, like, so isolated from any trusted adult that's not Farah is just really worrisome to me. But, yeah, the kids are famous. Uh, Gracie is famous. Allie is famous. So it makes sense that people come up to them. I do think it's weird if adults would go up to a child. I wonder, though, if, like, it's when she's out with her parents. But no, I mean, I'm sure adults go up to children. People don't have boundaries. People, you know, it's like you always see YouTubers that are, like, begging, like, please stop coming to my house because they'll, like, find their address and then show up at their houses. Um, And it's, like, not just kids. Like, their parents will drive them there. Like, people don't have boundaries. So Allie's getting a new wheelchair. I'm really happy for her. Um, There is a moment in which (laughs) Leah and Corey are talking about it. And Leah's like, so what did the doctor say? Like, when when should we have it? Like, when should we use it? I wrote this down here. Oh, and Corey says, he goes, you know, the doctor recommended. Oh, Leah goes, oh, for long distance. And Corey goes, "Uh, normal lifestyle. (laughs) Which I felt like really uh, summed up a lot of uh, the problem with Leah. And I guess Corey, too, because I don't think she's using the wheelchair that much more at Corey's house. But the doctor says normal lifestyle. And I would imagine normal lifestyle means as you normally live, uh, you should be using your wheelchair. And Leah's like, oh, just for long distances. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I will say, though, at least... They seem to be more serious about Allie using this chair. Um, she talks to Allie about it, and she's like, "Do you, do you want the like? Do you like the wheelchair? What's it useful for?" And Allie jokes that she'll be taller than Aaliyah with it. <laughs> and then Leah says, 
No, what I mean is, is it liberating for you? Do 11-year-olds know what liberating means? The concept of liberation, I mean, now I'm like, I guess I learned about it, like, from history class in terms of, like, war. Like, the allies liberating the concentration camps is what I think about. But I'm not sure if at 11, I mean, I don't really know 11-year-olds. You know, my nieces are, my oldest niece is only eight. So I don't spend a lot of time around, like, 11-year-olds. So I don't know. You can let me know if you have an 11-year-old. It just felt like a big concept to ask a fifth grader. Like, if they feel liberation from something. (laughs) I feel like free would be a better word. Something about, like, do you feel liberated just feels like a very adult concept to me. Um, there's, like, kind of a sad scene where Allie's saying, like, I, I just want to be able to run to the park. I wish I could run to the park. And Leah's like, well, you know, I can't let you do that because you fall easily and you could hurt yourself. And Allie's like, but I'm not going to fall, which it was just sad. It was sad. Um, but I'm glad that they got her a new chair. Apparently she needed one. That's really great. It's easier for her to get around in. I would imagine she will be going back to school in the fall. Um... I guess. I'm not sure. But I would I would guess that she's going back to school in the fall. And so it will be good for her to have a new wheelchair. So congrats. Congrats to Allie. And, and congrats to Leah and Corey, who do seem a little more serious about um, following this. Following the rules this time. Not the rules, but suggestions from the doctors. Okay, let's talk about Brie and Jade, because their scenes are intermixed in this episode. Um, The only time that we see Brie on her own is when she's just, like, waiting with Shirley uh, to go over to see when they can go over. And Shirley and Brie are both like, Jade has no fucking clue what she's in for. Okay, so Jade is in Miami. Um, She can only have one person come to the surgery with her, so she's going to have her mom come and Sean's going to stay home with Chloe. Let's start here. Let, let's count the ways in which Jade was a fucking idiot when it came to this surgery. One. Number one. Why did she bring all of these people? I, like, I know why she did it, but it was so stupid. She should have left Chloe with someone in Indiana, brought Sean, and hired a home health nurse. Like, I, first of all, The fact that you can get, like, all over body plastic surgery to the point where you can't even walk and you are then back in a non-doctor-supervised area within two hours after your surgery is just wild to me. I know that's pretty standard operating procedure. I personally think I would want to, like, pay for, um, like, you know they have, like, aftercare facilities? I think I would at least want one night at, like, the aftercare facility Or I'd be paying to have, like, a home health nurse come into my house and take care of me. Uh, Apparently, Christy used to be a surgical nurse. To that, I want to... I would imagine she means surgical tech, which I would want to see the receipts for. (laughs) Has Christy ever held down a job? I I just have questions about that. So, it's the night before surgery. That was just... I just don't get why she did that. I mean, I get it because I think... The thing is, is that Jade and her family probably never really had chances to take vacations before this show. You know, they're poor. Like, Chrissy, and Chrissy doesn't even have a working cell phone in this episode, right? Like, she has no cell phone service. She has to get Wi-Fi to make any calls. Like, 
I kind of feel like they're like, okay, MTV is offering to pay for us all to fly down. They're renting the house. Like, we have to take advantage of this and take this vacation while we can. I think if uh, they had more money and regularly took vacations, they would have been like, mm, I'll catch you on the next one. You know, what I, like, I'll catch you. I'll go down next time. Like, you go. I don't, I don't need to be there. Um, the whole family doesn't need to be there. Like, bringing Chloe was idiotic to me. Like, I beyond stupid. It was just so stupid to bring Chloe. I can't understand why they did that. I can't understand why Christy was the one that she wanted there. I get that Sean's like not that great or reliable, but like I said, she should have brought Sean to be there for moral support and like hired somebody to come in to help with the recovery. Like she was getting serious major surgery. She got lipo over her entire body. Not just the Brazilian butt lift. I will say she's posted some pictures of her body. She looks good. She looks fine. I I haven't really seen like pictures of her ass. And we all know that those, for most people, they don't heal well. Because here's the thing. Like I saw somebody say like Shirley got the same surgery and she looks incredible. And it's like, well, Shirley was always thin and looked to be fit. So it's not surprising to me that Shirley's post-BBL body would look good because she was already, like, keeping her body in shape. And I think that the people that are best candidates to get a Brazilian butt lift are people that are already in shape. Um, Because here's the thing, like, there's no surgery that's going to just, like, magically keep a human thin forever, right? Like... It's just not how it works. And what happens is, is you get the lipo and then you get the fat reinserted places. And when you gain back weight, it is really weird. Like your fat doesn't uh, distribute correctly. Like you can get lumps as we've seen Bree's ass, Kale's ass. By the way, in this episode, Bree's ass looked so insane. (sighs) I think to fix that, she would need to get like total reconstructive surgery like I think they would need to pump out most of that lipo out most of that fat but then like redo the skin on her ass like I don't know how you fix that but kale like you see it in kale you see it in brie like if you are not going to eat great and stay in shape like you're gonna gain the weight back and it's gonna distribute weirdly, which is why it's not suggested to get liposuction if you have like major weight loss that needs to be done. Like I my understanding is that liposuction works the best on people who need to lose five to ten pounds, right? That like have need to. The language around this, guys, I know this is not great. This is not a very body positive segment. Which, by the way, I've moved away from body positivity and I'm trying to do body neutrality, which is where you you just exist. Like, you don't feel negative or positive about your body. You just, like, this is my body. This is what my body looks like. I'm okay with it. Um, At least that's my understanding of body neutrality. It's working a lot better for me than body positivity ever has. But, like, Jade... (sighs) Jade looks... Good. Like she looks good now, but I just wonder if she'll be able to keep it off, right? Like, and what it will look like when she starts to gain weight back, if she starts to gain weight back. There's a little scene with Jade and her mom the night before the surgery, and Jade's like, Oh, well, I'm having a big meal. It'll be my last big meal until I can't really eat anymore. And her mom goes, Oh, you're just gonna have like a carrot and water to eat. And I'm like, Oh, God. 
they do not know about healthy eating. Like this is, this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. Okay, so this is where the the issue starts. And I've had a lot of people message me and be like, oh my God, can you believe that Christy was searching for Percocet? Guys, Christy was right here. I, I don't think a lot of people are actually going to like what I have to say about this whole episode because um, I... I'm going to say some things in defense of Christy that I don't think people want to hear because people don't like drug addicts, right? Like, and if a drug addict fucks up, you have to assume at all times that it's because they're doing drugs and not just because they're stupid. And I think that Christy's an idiot. I think Christy's an unorganized idiot. And I don't think she had the problem-solving skills or the people skills to be put in charge of this. But let's start off with the tramadol thing. Guys, tramadol is essentially like a Tylenol 3. The fact that she would be prescribed tramadol after getting this surgery is mind-boggling to me. My mouth dropped when she said tramadol. I was like, what? I So I felt the same as Jade. It's it's not a narcotic. It's not strong enough. It is an opiate, yes, but it's a very, very, very mild one. It's like the most mild one that you can take, essentially, which works for some people and it works in some cases. Um, they do do it in the hospitals like IV and it's much stronger. Tramadol is not the drug that you want to take when you are getting all over body lipo and a BBL and are going to be in excruciating pain. I was genuinely shocked to hear that. I couldn't believe when she said that. And I agreed with Kirstie. She needed a Percocet. It was crazy. It was crazy that she would be getting tramadol. <laughs> like, that is too much pain. Like, she would be in too much pain. And Kirstie didn't bring it up in a way that, like, what pills are you getting? But Jade's like, I haven't slept. I've been so nervous. And she goes, well, you'll sleep because you're going to be so drugged up after the surgery, right? And that's when Jade's like, well, they only give me tramadol. And Kirstie's like, what? I- it's... I think it does have some anti-inflammatory things. I think she's confusing that with something else, but she's not wrong that tramadol doesn't, isn't strong. Okay, here's the other thing. Jade is insisting that Chrissy did not steal her pills and actually does not do pills. And I've seen some people be like, that's impossible. Chrissy's a fucking junkie. Um, You know, what junkie, like junkies take anything. Addicts are addicted to every single substance on earth. It doesn't matter. Here's the deal. That's not true. There are so many drug addicts that are only interested in their drugs of choice or, like, their family of drugs of choice. So my understanding is that Christy smokes crack and meth, which are uppers. Um, It's extremely believable to me that Christy does not also do opiates and painkillers. A lot of people either only like one or the other. A lot of people like all of it and will do anything, but there I've met so many people who are, like, addicted to uppers and would never touch a painkiller. Or they have in the past and they do not like it, so they don't do them. I know a lot of opiate addicts who would never touch, like, meth, crack, any sort of uppers because they hate them. It's not hard for me to believe that Christy doesn't actually do painkillers. Here's the thing. I think Christy is incredibly incompetent. (laughs) Incredibly incompetent. So we'll get there. So Jade goes, she has her surgery, she meets her surgeon for the first time. He came across as such an asshole. He was like, he seemed annoyed to meet with her, right? She gets out of surgery, her whole body is wrapped up. She is so fucking out of it. Um, Chrissy is like talking to the nurse and she goes, so like, do I need to change the gauze? And I'm like, nobody went over this beforehand. I just, 
I guess this is how some plastic surgeries are done, but the whole thing just like seemed so unorganized and like the fact that it's after the fact and they don't have any aftercare instructions. I don't know. I've never been in this situation, but like I would assume that you would have a lot of aftercare instructions. I also saw some people say she should have gotten the pills filled at the hospital pharmacy. That wasn't a hospital. I'm 99% sure. That was at like a medical surgery suite. Like plastic surgery like that isn't done in hospitals. They're done in like special surgery places. Um, So I would imagine there was no pharmacy at the doctor, at that office. So Jade is so fucked up. (laughs) She is like moaning in pain. She's like, I'm hot. I'm hot. I'm so hot. Oh, the nurse says like, don't touch any of the gaze or gauze for 24 hours. And then she goes, then, you know, like you're after 24 hours, like you're going to have to change them. I'm like, are you going to tell them how to change them? What does that mean? Like she would see... It was so weird. The whole thing was so fucking weird. So Jade is like flipping out. She's sweating hot. Uh, Chrissy does go, Jade, your boobs look huge, which made me laugh. Then we see, this is genuinely shocking to me. We see that Chrissy and her husband have blown up an air mattress to put in the back of the van that they're driving so that Jade can ride home on the air mattress. (laughs) Oh my god. They have to like lift her up and throw her into this essentially. Now I don't know like is there a better way for her to ride home? I don't know. Maybe this is the best way for her to ride home but something about this was so shocking to me. So 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 shocking to me. So they get home. Jade is screaming in pain. She is so she is so 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 in pain And they can't, like, get her out of the van. (laughs) Chrissy goes, do you want me to pull your legs? (laughs) Oh, my God. They should have, like, rented a wheelchair. I I just feel like there had to have been a better way to do this. There had to have been a better way to do do this. Oh, my God. So, Sean, um... Jade's slipping out. Sean is like, Chrissy, you need to go get the medicine filled for her. Here's dumbass mistake number two. Like I said, I don't really think necessarily. Oh, and as they're driving home, um, <laughs> Chrissy says that all of the pharmacies in the area don't have pain pills because they have too much plastic surgery, which made me laugh. But here's the thing, guys. There's a national shortage of pain medication going on right now. Uh, somebody posted about it on Reddit. A lot of people concurred with it. There's national shortage of a lot of shit. Stuff still hasn't recovered from COVID. And the thing is, they weren't doing surgeries for such a long time because of COVID that then they scheduled in like a bunch of surgeries. So pain pills have been harder to come by. I remember um, at one point when I was on Adderall, there was an Adderall shortage and I had to go to like five different pharmacies trying to get Adderall and you couldn't call ahead. You would call ahead and you say, do I have, do you have Adderall? And they'd say, we can't answer that till you're in person and showing us your prescription. So I, I believe them that they couldn't get it filled. I just don't think that Christy like has any skills and problem solving skills and, like, bringing her, like, having her in charge of this was so stupid. Um, I kind of think next week we'll see her come back with the medicine and, like, 
or with the the blind person, like this prescription that hasn't even been filled. Um, I saw a bunch of people be like, well, even if she wasn't taking them, I think she was trying to sell them. They weren't in Indiana, I remember. They are in Miami. Like, I guess theoretically in South Florida, like at least where I was living, I could have gotten some pills, went to a couple gas stations and found someone who would be willing to like trade drugs with me. Um, once again, like I don't think that's what Christy was trying to do. I don't think that they were like driving around looking to sell these pills. Jade has already like come on social media and said like my mom did not steal my pills. So I kind of think by next week we're going to see that she didn't steal the pills. Like I think next week they're either going to come back to the house with the prescription filled and totally filled and no pills missing or they're going to come back with the blank prescription and somebody else is going to have to go get it. I saw this comment on Reddit that I wanted to read. Um, I won't say this person's name in case they don't want me to, but they said, you know, she said, some people honestly just don't have good skills talking to people and solving problems. And I'm thinking it's a combination of a medication shortage at one pharmacy and a lady not having the problem solving skills to get this resolved and know that she should be communicating right away that there's an issue. I think that is spot fucking on. I think that Chrissy has very few life skills, as we've seen. And once again, it's like, why are you putting your mom, who has no life skills, that you know has no life skills, in charge of such an important thing? (laughs) This doesn't make any sense to me. I, every episode, I am baffled by the fact that Jade relies on her mom. And every fucking time, she is let down. Like, remember... Like, that having no skills and, like, no communication skill, like, no people skills or communication skills, in my opinion, is, like, quite in line with what we've seen from Christy. Also, like, hearing that she doesn't have a phone, she doesn't have any, between the two of them, they don't have phone service. It's like, Jade, you should have just went and turned on her phone before all of this, because it probably would have been crucial when she's in Miami to have phone service. I just... I don't understand why Jade is constantly, like, setting herself up for failure. Jade's not that young. You know what I mean? Like, Jade, I think, is 23 or 24 by now. Like, she's not young. So, this idea that, like, Jade... Like, I get it. I get it. But, like, how many times can you be burned by Chrissy? Like, why she continuously puts Christy in charge of this shit. I think in a way, Jade's a little anger addict, personally. Like, I think Jade is very addicted to the chaos, and she likes to be able to get mad and likes to be able to scream at people and be justified. And so a good way to do that is to set her mom up for failure so then she can flip out at her mom. I don't think she's doing it consciously. I think it's a very subconscious action. I don't think anybody that really does that does that consciously. That's something that you, like, work on in therapy. But I do kind of think that's what she's doing. Like, Jade has friends. Like, good friends. Like, Jade has cousins. Jade seems to have people in her life who are pretty trustworthy. And, like, I understand that she's not, like, relying on them for childcare or, like, to do everything. But I feel like Jade could have easily just brought one of her, like, Sean and one of her friends with her, right? And, like, that would have been much better. Like, why Chrissy was her go-to, I will never understand. I just do not get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I I really, over and over and over and over again, this shit is happening, right? And it's like, I, I've run out of empathy. Well, that's not true. 
I still have a lot of empathy for Jade. It's really hard. But I run out of sympathy, I guess, for Jade in this situation. So, Christy goes out to get the pills. Jade is just screaming and hollering. And we find out it's been 2.5 hours since Christy left. Apparently, Christy couldn't get this medication. Sean's flipping out. He's like, can't get in touch with her because her phone is off. And this is when Brie comes over. And... (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, I really did not take these notes well because I did a brie section and I need to fix this. Okay, so once she gets there, Sean's like, she's in pain, she's in pain everywhere in her body, um, but she doesn't have, uh, like, she doesn't have any pills. Christy left two and a half hours ago. This is when Brie's like, what? Like, Cara Berry sent me a meme yesterday that, you know the meme of Hillary Clinton walking into that apartment in New York and she, like, looks horrified, like, this still, that video? She's like, this is Brie entering into Jade's life. And I was like, yes. Because here's the thing, like, Jade has some mess in her life, but I don't think Jade regularly deals with drug addicts or, like, super unreliable people. Like, remember after her surgery... Am I remembering correctly that she got her surgery done and then flipped out and called her mom and was like, you need to come here? And that's when her mom put both the kids, Brittany and Devon, Devoin, because Devoin was staying with them. And you know, Devoin, like, wasn't allowed to have a key when he was staying with them. And, like, that's why they all got in the car and drove down to Miami. Like, Bree's family's reliable. You know, they they have issues. They have dysfunction. But, like, when Bree's mom says that she's, going out to do something she goes out and does it and I would imagine she also like keeps in contact like I think Roxanne in general like has decent problem solving skills and communication skills and so I bet she's like the whole time she's out she's calling Brittany like Brittany I just went to this pharmacy they didn't have it I've tried to call other places they're not letting me ask on the fucking phone if they have it they're telling me that I have to show up in person so next I'm going to go here I'll call you when I'm there to let you know what's going on she gets there she doesn't okay I just they what they didn't have it here either like I have to go to another place uh, call that you should call the doctor right now and see if they have any suggestions. Like, I guarantee you, if like Roxanne is in this situation, there is like constant contact, there's ideas, like things are happening. The issue with Christy in this episode is that she's a dumbass bitch. And so Christy just like disappears for hours at a time and doesn't answer her phone and doesn't communicate. And like most people with problem solving skills, and like that comment said, would know that they need to communicate immediately that something is wrong. But Christy just goes off the grid for three hours. And like we said, once again, like I said, like, doesn't have cell phone service, which is just nuts to me. I don't know why Sean, Sean should have given her his phone or something. And like, he just like kept the Wi-Fi phone at the house. Like, it just was so, it was such bad, bad planning all around and you know, they're like, Chrissy's probably shopping. Like, yeah, I believe that. Kara sent me a message that another message, the first message she sent me was like, are we in agreement that Chrissy was just like wandering around the aisles of Kmart? (laughs) She said, are we on the same page about Chrissy perusing the aisles of Miami Gardens Kmart while she should have been getting Jade's medication? Yes. Like that, that's what she's doing. I really don't think this is a case of Chrissy sealing the pills. I think this is just such a case of Chrissy being so unreliable. Now, we'll see next episode. I kind of think if she did seal the pills, Jade wouldn't be 
online being like she absolutely did not like I think next week we're going to see a resolution to this but maybe I'll eat my words next week right like but my instinct is that Jade or that Christy like was going to different pharmacies but like you know one of the pharmacies was at Walmart so she's just going around the aisles see oh didn't we need this you know like she pops like they get to the Walmart to go to the pharmacy and she goes didn't we want some pool noodles to go swimming in the pool And, like, then goes and, like, gets pool floaties and then has to wait in line for 30 minutes because there's only one cash register person working. Like, I think it's that. And that's what Jade is flipping out about and that's what she's screaming about. So, Brie gets there and she's like, what do you mean Chrissy left 2.5 hours ago? And I want to say, like, Brie came across so well in this episode. I was so impressed with Brie and this is why I personally think, like, Roxanne has these problem-solving skills because Bree sprung into action right away, and I think that she was, like, she learned how to handle these situations in a way that Jade and Sean clearly do not because they have parents like Christy. I mean, we don't really know what Sean's parents are all about. I don't think we've ever seen them, but to me it makes sense that Jade continuously does this because she has no like she hasn't learned yet like not to do this I don't know how but she hasn't um but I think that Brie like comes from a much more functioning family and a family where they like get shit done in a way that Jade's family does not um Brie just like doesn't deal with this type of chaos there's chaos you know her mom will jump on the fucking booth at that fucking TGI Fridays or wherever they were and scream at Devoin in his face while she's standing on the the table but like if you need her she gets she lets you know how she's gonna do it and she gets it done so Bree's like what do you what do you mean that nobody's been here like that she doesn't have any pills and Sean is flipped Sean and I I do feel for Sean in this moment because I think he's just so angry and you know that Sean hates her parents and like is constantly being like we need to not have them around I bet he wasn't thrilled about them coming in the first place oh and Chloe's there and they're like, we can't let the baby see her. We can't let the baby see her. Jade is just screaming in pain. Like, Sean is trying to take care of the baby. It It's a really bad situation. It's a really bad situation. There was no, he should not have been left alone for hours with Jade and Chloe. So thank God Brie comes over. I thought she was so empathetic. She did such a good job. She was the one that kind of took control. So she was like, okay, why don't we have Christy come back and I'll go out and get the pills? Like, Chris, Brie and Shirley are like, Okay, let's fix this. Like, let's do this. Um, we we need to fix this. So eventually, like, Christy calls. Sean screams. He's like, where the fuck are you? And she's like, let me talk. So Brie gets on the phone and she's like, hi, it's Brie from Teen Mom. <laughs> and she's like, oh, they're all out? Okay, well, why don't you come back and we'll we'll try and get it because like you you can come back and we'll send somebody else out to get it like not accusatory saying really calm being very nice to Chrissy I just thought she spoke to Chrissy perfectly Sean Shirley the producers are like even the producer goes everyone is Percocet it's generic and it's like not everybody has it (laughs) I really hope that Chrissy comes back with a full prescription I hope that she's able to get it for Brie or for uh, Jade. But yeah, generic medicines run out too, especially hyper-controlled substances. Pain pills are a fucking beast to get filled sometimes. It can be really fucking hard to get pain prescriptions filled. 
really hard. Um, especially pharmacists can deny you. And if a frazzled ass Christy comes in freaking the fuck out, being like, I need these pills for my daughter, you know, like the way that Christy acts, I wouldn't be shocked if they got denied the ability to pick up the pills. That wouldn't shock me. So basically Jade is screaming. She has to go to the bathroom. Poor Brie, not poor Brie, but nice Brie helps her do it. She helps her get to the bathroom. Sean is like, the cameras need to leave because she's going to have to walk across this hallway. Like she does not want to be on camera now, which I actually really appreciated Sean stepping in and being like, we are not filming Jade. Like this is the most vulnerable moment of her life. Like she cannot be filmed right now. And so she, like they bring her to the bathroom and there's um, an interesting thing where Sean says something like, can you guys hear me on the mic? I can't remember. I can't find in my notes what he actually said. But I did think that was kind of interesting. So basically, Brie comes out after that to talk to the producer. And she's like, oh my god. She said Brie has open wounds. She's bleeding. She said she looks almost blue. She's like, she's not getting oxygen the way that she's supposed to. Like, her blood is not circulating. She does not look good. She's like, so, she's just so upset. And 15 minutes later, um, producer Larry comes over, which I was surprised. I'm always curious about, like, where Larry is at any given moment and, like, why he, like, why Larry happened to be in Florida. Because I don't think he's on every shoot. But Larry, who is, like, the head producer for Teen Mom, he comes over and he talks to Sean. And this I found really interesting. Um... Larry's like, I understand that she's really messed up. I understand that we don't have, we don't know where Christy is. They don't have pills. She's, he says to Sean, you need to make an adult decision to call an ambulance if she should go to the hospital. He said, we cannot drive her there, which I was like, damn, this is, this was basically like MTV CYA, right? Like cover your ass. Like, and you know, the producers called Larry and were like, um, things have taken a turn for the worse. This is a medical situation. How, what do we do? Because are we liable for this? You know what I mean? Like, we're in the house with her. We hear her screaming. Bree says that she's openly bleeding. She's turning blue. Like, we don't really know what we're supposed to be doing. And I bet Larry was like, oh, we have to come over and tell Sean that he should take her to the hospital via ambulance. Like, and we're going to get it on camera that we are suggesting that she go and get medical uh, help and we're not fucking driving her there. We're not driving her there. So Sean is like, yeah, yeah. I, he says like, you need to make an adult decision and take Jade to the hospital. And he's like, well, MTV can't drive her. So, and Sean's like, we, we should get an ambulance. And Larry's like, yeah, we should get an ambulance. So (sighs) Brie and Sean go back inside. They're inside. Jade is sobbing about her mom. And Sean is trying to be like, Do you want to go to the hospital? I saw some people be like, he should have just called. He shouldn't have asked her. But I I get why he asked her because she was still conscious. You know what I mean? Like, she was coherent. And I think it's better that, like, an ambulance didn't just, like, fucking show up at this spot. Because that probably would have freaked her out even more. Um, So he's like, Jade, do you want to go to the hospital? Jade, do you want to go to the hospital? She goes, my mom, I can't believe she's doing this to me. By the way, this whole time, Sean says Christy's fucking lying she's not telling the truth but he 
if you notice, like, he didn't say, I think she's using the pills. What he said was, she's probably out shopping. (laughs) And that's why, like, I think that this is just a case of, like, Chrissy being an irresponsible dumbass. Like, I, I really think that that is a big possibility of what happened. So, she's, Jade is just wailing. Brie looks horrified. (laughs) Brie is stunned. She has no idea what to do. Um, But then finally they decide they are going to call the ambulance. And Brie's actually the one that calls the ambulance. She is, Brie like takes charge. I I just was so impressed with Brie. She was so nice. She was so non-judgmental for being in such like an awful situation. Like she wasn't sitting there being like, Chrissy's a fucking bitch. Like, why did Jade put her in charge of this? This is so stupid. I don't, like, she was being really compassionate. She was like, what do you need me to do? How can I help? And she actually then did help. Like, she didn't just, like, sit back terrified. She really stepped in. And I think that's because Brie, like, kind of had a feeling this might happen. Because Brie and Charlie kept repeatedly saying, like, Jade doesn't know what she's getting herself into. Did Brie and Charlie have a nurse? I kind of remember there being a nurse in their situation. Like, I I think Brie and Charlie kind of knew this was going to take a turn for the worse, just the way that they kept talking about it. They kept being like, she doesn't not know. Brie gets on the phone. She calls the ambulance. They're asking her a bunch of questions. And they are like, okay, well, what kind of surgery did she have? And Brie's like, well, she had liposuction and Brazilian butt lift. And this is where Brie's ass looks crazy. They're showing her ass in those bike shorts. And you can kind of tell that the the person on the other end is being, which they're paid, like, that's the 911 operator's job, right? Like, you're supposed to be calm, cool, and collected. But I could tell that Brie felt like they weren't necessarily taking this very seriously. So that's when Brie was like, she has open wounds. She's bleeding all over. And I was like, smart, Brie. Good, good. Because that's, they're going to send an ambulance regardless, I think, if you ask for one. But I did think Brie did a good job with the urgency. I mean, the reality is, is it probably wasn't an urgent situation. Like, yeah, she was bleeding, but I think that was because she had major surgery. She was just in a lot of fucking pain. And yeah, she needed pills. She needed help. But at the same time, I don't, like, I think that if she would have been okay if like she the ambulance didn't come but I think it was absolutely the right call to do so because they did not know where Kirstie was they did not have any information from Kirstie just the fact that Kirstie like didn't think that she should be like texting and calling this entire time well I guess she couldn't because she didn't have fucking wi-fi service (laughs) sending her out without working phone service is just mind-blowing to me so Brie is like, she's coherent, but she really needs help. So the ambulance shows up. The e- the EMT pulls up Black China with, like, cut the cameras dead ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, cut those fucking cameras. They're like, you cannot film this. And that's when the episode ends. And I, I was genuinely like, but I want to see more. I, <sighs> riveting. I'm really looking for, I think that next week it's going to be a little anticlimactic. I think they'll probably take Jade to the hospital. Uh, she'll get pain medicine I guess they'll change her bandages um and then we'll see I cut like I said I kind of think Chrissy's not going to be redeemed but I think we are going to find out she's just an irresponsible idiot she's either going to come back with the medicine or with the prescription itself unfilled I would be very shocked if she came back with pills missing or anything like that like I just really don't think it was this case I think she just sucks like she just sucks and she's just so irresponsible And putting her in charge was just so stupid of Jade. It was just so stupid. And, like, why she wasn't out 
during the surgery, like her having her husband go out during the surgery to get the prescription filled. I just don't know. It was just bad planning all around, of course, because it's always bad planning all around for them. Always. They've never had a good plan in their lives. <laughs> never. Every episode, I'm like, Jade, that's a really bad plan. And every episode, I'm right. The plan never works the way that it's supposed to. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next week. Um, I wonder if Kale will be back. I kind of think they probably just cut her from one episode, but we'll see. I, like I said, I was glad that she wasn't in this episode. I was already annoyed when we flashed to Leah and Ashley, so I'm glad that we didn't have to watch Isaac pick out the tile color that he wanted. Yeah, I, for one, am glad that this was a fun episode. I feel a little rejuvenated about Teen Mom. I know last week I was like, I have no fucking idea what to do, but if we have a couple really exciting episodes like this, it really boosts my spirit and brings me along. So yeah, that's it. If you want to uh, hear more from me, like I said, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. I talk about YouTube and reality TV. And this week, I believe it's going to be an episode on Super Nanny, which I'm excited to talk about Joe from Super Nanny. I've not watched that in forever. So that will be fun. And yeah, come on over there, take a listen. And if not, I'll talk to you on here next week. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.